Listen, I got to tell you something. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I always say this. I don't know why I always say I got to be honest with you. You know, it's the only way to be right. Got to be honest, right? But I'm going to be honest with you here for a second. Um, I have to say, and, and if some of you follow me or, 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 you know, we're friends on Facebook, social media, you'll see I put something out there yesterday. I've been anticipating this message series for a very, very, very long time. In fact, it's probably two plus years that I've been working on this and knowing that God is going to do something great through it. Uh, something that he's challenged me with, something that I'm to challenge you with, something that we're about to get in to participate in, and, uh, and that is fasting. I believe in fasting. I believe that God calls us, God instructs us, God wants us as a body of believers to participate in fasting and make it a part of our lives routinely, okay? Not just once in a lifetime, not just once every 10 years, all right? And... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a little something here. I was um, I several years ago I was I was in a spot of, you know, just trying to figure out what I was supposed to be doing ministerial wise. And you know, many of you knew I was a youth pastor. And you know, as a youth pastor, you can only be a youth pastor for so long. Okay, eventually, you're just not connecting with the, with them any longer. And I knew I was coming up on that time where my heart changed from being with the teens and the and the kids to being out here with the adults and leading a church. And I remember that there was a time where, and, and I was going to God. I was going, God, you know, uh, I, I just, I feel a longing. I feel like there's something that, that's supposed to be going on, something that we should be doing and, and praying and praying and praying. And, you know, routinely God would, or this thought would come across my mind, fast. It's time to fast. There needs to be a season of fasting. And human, right? We're all human. I'm going to be very transparent here. Here's what Pastor Kevin would do. That's okay, God. I'm going to push that one aside right now. That's just me thinking this up. That's just me making, you know, bringing all these thoughts to my mind. And I would push it off. And I would be fine for a season. And then, and then I would hit it again, a little uneasy. And I'd be like, God, you know what? Direction. We need direction. I need direction, God. I need your help. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something bigger and greater. And, and you know what would come across in my mind again? Fasting. Fasting would come. It's time to fast. It's been a long time since you fast. It's time to show me how serious you are. You know what I did again? Push it off. Push it off. Push it off. Well, I guess it's been uh, uh, almost three years now or, or two and a half years, something like that, since Pastor uh, Thorne had made the, the, uh, the announcement that he would be going into, him and I would be going into a transitional period and that I would become the, eventually become the pastor here of this great church. And uh, it was a very exciting time and I was like, yes, God, you know what? I'm getting that direction. I know where we're going. I know what you've got. I know what you've stirred up inside of me. And during that time, I, I would pray, God, what, what is the key thing that I need to do? What, what is the key thing that I need to bring to the church? And you know, I brought vision before to you, vision statements. I've talked about the vision that I have for this church, or that rather God has for this church. And uh, we've discussed that before through different messages, through different sermons. But he's never allowed me to forget the fasting. He's never taken that burden or that desire or that unction to know that that is something that is greatly needed. I believe that we need to be aligned with God. I do. 
I believe that you and I, we need to be aligned with God, aligned with his spirit, aligned with his scriptures, aligned with his plan, aligned with his will for your personal life, as well as for us as a church. Now, I made mention last week that I'm starting a sermon series today, but we actually don't start the corporate fast until January the 16th, which is the Monday right after the last message of the fasting series that I'm getting about to get right into. And the reason for that is because I want us to be prepared spiritually. I want you to know the ins and the outs and the best that I can way to communicate it to you about fasting, what it, what it consists of, what it's about. And we're going to start this morning and get right into it. If you would, go ahead. You can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 or you can go in version app or look in your bulletin. There's a little bit of an outline there. But we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1 really starts in a summary communicating that um, what is being talked about is charitable giving. But Matthew chapter 6 verse 4 where we're going to kick off this morning says this. He says that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself. That's very important those two words right there. Will himself. Who is himself? That's speaking of your father. Who is your father? That is God. So in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Then verse 5 goes on to say, And when you pray, you shall not be like hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Verse 6. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will what? Reward you openly. Then we're going to skip to verse 16. He says, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces and they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in secret, who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I'm telling you what I believe today is that we serve a God who sees what we do in our secret. He sees what we do in the secret. He sees that we are keeping things secret. But you know what God can't do? God, according to this scripture, very specifically tells us that he cannot keep secrets. What we do in the secret, what we do through private discipline, God is going to release a public reward. Do you understand that? Private discipline in our lives, spiritually, when it comes to God, according to the scriptures, and I've just proven that to you, releases a public reward. In other words, God's saying, if you seek me privately, if you're seeking me through prayer and reading my word, if, listen to this, if you're pushing away from your table, you're fasting, and you're not doing these things to be seen by people, understand that, but rather you're doing it because you really want to know more of God and what God wants for your life. You really want to have an awakening or you really want to feel more in touch with him. After all, that should be the purpose of what our fast is going to be as a church. And for you personally. Our prayer needs to be, God, 
We're going to go through this season of fasting because we as a church, as a body of believers, want to grow closer to you, more intimate and more respective of your presence. We want to be able to hear your voice. We want to be able to recognize your spirit. We want that discernment in our life so that we know when we're getting into something and when we're coming out of something. God, we need to hear your voice. We want to draw closer to you. You see, back in, I've said this story before and I'm going to say it again. It's the only way I know how to introduce fasting. But as a 19-year-old, I did not know a whole lot about fasting. All I know is, is that you skip a meal and you go and you pray during that time. And I was in a season of my life where I was trying to figure out what I was supposed to do. I was in college in my freshman year and, and I, I was back and forth on so many different career choices, so many different ways I could go in, but I had always felt a drawing to go into the ministry and, and I didn't know what to do. So I decided as a 19-year-old who didn't have a lot of education about fasting, not gone through Bible college yet, all I've done is sat through Sunday school, youth group, and hear my dad preach every single Sunday. And uh, so I said, you know what, God, I'm going to give this thing a shot. That's exactly the attitude that I had. It was humble. It was a very honest approach to fasting. I said, so God, here's what I'm going to do. I don't know what to do with my life. I'm 19 years old. I need to make some decisions. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast my breakfast every day. I'm going to fast it. I'm going to spend that time in prayer with you. So I did. Started on a Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm going through it. By Wednesday, I'm grumpy as all get out, even though I'm only missing one meal, you know. But I'm not happy about this, and I'm not hearing from God. And I remember I would, we lived right beside the church, and I would get the keys from my father, and I would go over every morning, and I would go, and I would go to the altar, and I would spend probably, you know, 10 minutes in prayer. That was about it. But I was just very blunt with God. God, this is why I'm doing this. I just, I, you got to talk to me. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know what to get into. And so I went in there and I would spend that time in prayer. And uh, I remember becoming, you know, slightly frustrated or when am I going to end it? I have no idea when I'm going to end this fast. I have not a clue at the moment when I was going to end the fast. But that next afternoon on that Thursday, somewhere around there, I had a conversation with my mother. We were just talking, just in general. I can't even remember what we were talking about. But she stopped me somewhere in, in, in regards of it. She goes, oh, by the way, I want to let you know I've, I've seen what you're doing. I don't want to ask any questions because that's between you and God. I just want you to know that I see what you're doing and, and I know that God's going to answer your question. I was like, great. So we went on and continued to talk. And later on in, in the conversation, and again, I don't even know how it was brought up. She just went ahead and told me. She goes, you, you know, I, there's something I've not told you, but I want to tell you. I remember as, as I was pregnant with you, I would sit in this rocking chair, which she still has today, which I will have one day. My brother who hears this podcast, I've already put my stamp on that, all right? But she, she told me, she goes, you know, I would sit in that rocking chair and I would lay my hands on my belly and I would pray over you that, God, this is the one you're going to use for the ministry. There was my answer for my fast. So I can specifically tell you fasting works. I know that it works. I've experienced it. You see, there's more to life than raising families and, and just living and making money. You know, Christianity is, 
is not a conduct, but rather it is a lifestyle that we're to have. It's not full of just biblical rules and checklists of what we can do, but it's supposed to be about a relationship with our loving Father, Jesus Christ. You know, Matthew chapter 6 and 33 tells us this. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God. See, that's why we're fasting. That's why I'm bringing us as a church to a season of fasting. Because that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to seek first God. We're going to seek after him in everything. We're going to seek after him in prayer. We're going to seek after him in meditation. We're going to seek after him for our families. And we're going to seek after him for our personal lives. We're going to seek God out for this church, for our community. He goes on to say, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be what? Added to you. See, i tell a story. There was a Native uh, American Indian tribe who had a rite of passage for the young men of the tribe. And the chief would tell these young men in order to become a man or in order to become a warrior, they had to climb this mountain. This mountain was very steep. It was very treacherous. It wasn't just a hill, but it was a massive mountain. He said, if you can complete that task, you can climb that mountain, you can complete that task, then you you've, have your rite of passage. You can become a warrior. So the story goes on to say that men would go and young men would go up to the mountain. Some would fail. Some would, would never make it. Others would say they made it, but never did. And then there were those who did make that trip. And the way the chief would know who made it was by the answer to this question. What did you see when you got there? What is it that you saw when you reached the summit, the top of this mountain? And the answer to that was we saw the sea or we saw the ocean. You see, that's kind of like what fasting is for us spiritually. It's a mountain. It's something that is not easily conquered it's something that you have to put work in because there's going to be times where negative thoughts are going to hit our mind that you know what you're not going to make it you can't do it family's going to discourage you friends will discourage you you'll think to yourself why am I doing this this is ridiculous God still loves me regardless you see this is how fasting is going to be for some of us it's going to be tough it's going to be a climb it can be difficult but I believe that if you and I would take this season that we're going into and say, God, I want you to order my steps. I want this to be a new season for my life, for my church. I want you to pronounce blessings on my family and on my children and my children's children. I want to leave a legacy that will outlast me, that will bring glory to your name. I want to see souls saved in my church. I want to see God break through, bless my finances so that I can be a blessing to others. This is the kind of prayer, this is the kind of things that God will honor when we're going through the fast. Jesus fasted 40 days in private and in the secret. No one was in the wilderness except for him, God, and the devil. Understand something, when you go through a season of, of fasting... There's three people who are involved. You, God, and the devil. 
We understand that the devil came to him and said, if you're the son of God, if you are him who you say you are, the devil attacking his identity, turn that rock into bread. What was Jesus' answer? It is written. There was three separate occasions where Satan came after him. Jesus speaking when he was into a time of fast and he said all three times back to the devil, it is written. You see, Luke 4 and 14 says this, when Jesus returned from that time of fasting and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit in Galilee. You see, he's not turning bread into stone. He wasn't jumping off the wall and being rescued by angels and he wasn't turning the kingdoms of, of the earth into his kingdom. No, he was proclaiming scripture in his life. He was proclaiming victory. He was saying, you know what? I will overcome the temptations that are laid before me because what I'm going after is greater than anything this world could ever offer me. Now, the question here that we have to look at is are we willing to climb that mountain that's going to be set before us. You know, my, my heart is this. My mind says this. I want every one of us in this room to participate who belong to this church. To participate in this fast. Because I believe that God is going to answer great prayers. I believe that God, this is the thing that God's been laying on my heart for so long. For us to see something, a catalyst movement happen because of a group of people who are willing to fast and say, God, we want more of you and less of me. Now, Joel chapter 2, verse 12 says this, and he's speaking of fasting. He says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. In other words, what is being told to us is this, we must become broken. We must become broken. In other words, God is saying, do you remember when I used to touch you? Do you remember when my presence was so strong in your life? You were so sensitive, but yet felt so alive. God is, is telling you and I that I want to do that again in your life. Or maybe you're sitting there today and saying, Pastor Kevin, I don't know that I've ever gone through a season where I felt God so alive in my life before. Well, I want that for you. God wants that for you. God is wanting for us to be broken so that he can tear down the walls and tear down the things that we have created for ourselves so that then he can recreate what it is he's wanting to do in your life and in your family. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and 29 says this. What have I done now? Is there not a cause? The psalmist, or excuse me, not the psalmist, but right here we're, we're seeing where David is saying, I'm fighting the Goliath in this moment of the flesh. There's a cause to my fast. You know, I've, I've spoken about this for, for a couple weeks and, and kind of telling you guys this was going to come. And I, I wonder this, have you thought about it? Is it something that you've just thought of in your mind of, well, Pastor Kevin wants us to fast, but I've never really put much thought into what I want God to do in this fast, in this season. I'll tell you what I want. 
I, for my personal life. I want me and God to draw closer to one another. In my personal life, I want to be the best father I can be to my sons, the best husband I can be to my wife. In my personal life, God, bless our finances. Bless our home. Bless all the relationships, Lord, that we're a part of. For my church, God, may we win many, many, many souls to your kingdom. Grow us to where we become a unit, not separate, but unified together. Understanding what your great commission is, and that is to win souls for your kingdom. God, I want our church to grow. I want people to want to come to our church because I want them to know, Lord, that they're being fed a word that will encourage them, that will challenge them, that will feed them. My prayer during my fast is that God would answer your requests, your needs, the things that you want him to do in your life. You see, sometimes we have to write them down. I did that this week. I've written mine down already. God, this is what I need you to do. Sometimes we have to go back to our lists so that we don't lose focus. God, this is why I'm doing this. This is why the struggle is real. Because God, I need you to answer this prayer. I need you to take care of my family. If, it, if I can't push a plate away to make sure that God, your blessings are upon my family, then I've got a larger problem. We must get to the place where we, selflessness is not the issue. But we go, God, I'm doing this really for you. I'm doing it to grow closer, God, with you. So that I can do more, what? For you, God. Many of us will battle in our minds and we'll ask big things in the fast. And, and that's fine. We can do that. We're going to ask for divine instruction. We're going to ask for his will. You know, fasting releases a birthplace. It did for me. It released a birthplace for ministry. For some of you, it's going to release a birthplace of assignment in your life. God alone knows what's best for us. Asking for personal cleansing. Asking him for these things. There's something about fasting that cleanses the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is our body. If you remember in the Old Testament, Isaac and Esau both were deceived because of their hunger for food. And Esau wanted a bowl of beans and his brother Jacob said, you know what? I'll give it to you for your birthright. Food was chosen over the blessing. And it still happens today in our life. You see, James 4 and 8 says this, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. He says that I don't want my children to have dirty hands and filthy hearts or double minds. But he's telling us that he wants us to come to him in a season of fasting, asking him to brought, cleanse us and to wash us. You see, the children of Israel ate, and, and, and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 and 6, that they lusted for food and it overthrew them in the wilderness. Think about that for a minute. Second, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians 6 and 12 goes on to say, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for, for me, but I will not be bought under the power of any. In other words, I will be not be enslaved by anything. And in this season, especially 
food. 2 Peter 2 and 19 says, For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. What are you overcome by? What are you enslaved by? This quick scripture says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7. He says, And do not become idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Do you know what God says? He says, if I have called you to a season of fasting, and if you do what this scripture says, if, if, if you do uh, sit down to eat and drink and rise up to pray, then you're idolaters. That's harsh, but that's true. That's God speaking to us. I believe God's calling us into this season. Not because Pastor Kevin is saying so, but because I believe in the leading of the Holy Spirit. I believe he's challenging us. I believe he's wanting to answer our prayers. When we've been saying, God, we want more of you. We want more of you in our church. We want more of you in our lives. And God is saying, okay, how much? How much more do you really want? Cleansing us. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know, there's a story in the uh, Old Testament. 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 5 says this. And said to them, hear me, Levites. Now sanctify yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. The most magnificent temple, the most magnificent building, how did it become full of rubbish? You see, Hezekiah just had become king in this season. He had just become king. And one of his first things that he noticed was God's temple was full of trash, full of rubbish. The doors were shut. The priests were no longer in there. You see, what happened was the doors were shut. No one was around. And what they would do in that day is that they would take their trash. The people, literally, would take their trash to the Valley of Gahana, which is approximately a mile outside of town, outside of the city. And they would dump their trash into a valley there. And, and that valley, always a fire, was always going, was always burning. Well, one day, this is how I perceive it, okay? There's a guy taking his trash, going to go ahead and dump it. And he walks by this temple, this huge building. He says, well, why do I got to go all the way over there when I could just dump it right here? And so he dumps it. And you know what probably happened after that? The next day someone saw it. And what did they do? The same thing. They dumped it. And the next day what happened? Someone else came through and they dumped it. What happened? A spirit of compromise came in in that moment. I wonder how much compromise we have allowed to come into our hearts. Where we have allowed filth and rubbish and trash to enter into what? God's holy temple, which is our body. So when Hezekiah became king, he said, this is how it's going to be. He called the priests. He called them in. He opened the doors. And he said, get the trash out. 
I believe it's time in our lives to rid ourselves of the rubbish and the trash that we have allowed to enter into what? God's holy temple. It is time for our lives, our personal lives, to say, God, this is your temple. I consecrate it to you. I ask you, Lord, to rid of all the trash and all the garbage, all the impure thoughts, all the activities that I've allowed myself to to, to become justified. It's time, God. It's time for this stuff to be gone. It's time, Lord, once again, for this temple to become holy in your sight. You see, I feel this very strongly. I believe that is what fasting is. It's, ask, it's us asking, God, take the trash out. Remove the rubbish, the works of the flesh, the thoughts, the things that we've been looking at or listening to. Saying, God, I want to concentrate this temple to you, the living God. I want it to be magnificent again. It was born for you, Lord. For your glory. You see, God is saying when we fast, that when we become a carnal Christian, that we have neglected God and that we have treated God's house, though, as some plaything. That if I feel like it, I'll go. Wow. We've accumulated so much of the world that our heart is no longer receptive and sensitive to God's Holy Spirit. But when we fast, he takes the trash out. He presents his presence in our life to us. When we say, God, I'm fasting, he presents himself, his presence into our lives. And he's willing to help us. I I wonder for a moment if you could think to yourself, as we did earlier in, in the service when I instructed you to examine your life. I wonder if you were to examine yourself right now with the thoughts or the things that I have just said where you can think of things that maybe needs to come out of this temple. Habits. Things that you have allowed to to become a part of your character. Some things that people know you by. It's time to rid yourself of. You see, I love it. Later on in the story with Jacob and Esau, Esau and 400 assassins were coming after Jacob to kill him. And Jacob was desperate. And it says he went to the river. And so he gets in a wrestling match with God. Just like we will be doing for 21 days. Wrestling with God. Wrestling with God with the old flesh. It says that he wrestled with God. And as he was wrestling with God and God, the angel was, was trying to get away. The scripture tells us that he was holding on saying, no, I'm not letting go until what? You bless me. You see, some of you in in, in here today, if not all of us, we're going to get to a place of desperation where we're going to say, God, I'm not stopping. You know, a lot of times I remember when I was during that time of fasting and that was only for a couple days, but it got hard. It was a struggle. There was a few moments where I wanted to give in, but I had to remind myself why I was doing it because I needed something from God. I needed answers from God. What is it that you're looking for God to do because of this fast? What is the result that you're looking for God to do? You see, Jacob, when he was wrestling God, what did he say? I'm not letting go until you bless me. 
God is instructing us. He's giving us answers through his word. If you will continue on the course, if you will not waver to the left or to the right, if you will stay focused during this fast, I will bless you. But remember, there's three people who are included in the fast. Who are they? They were you and they were God and the devil. And don't think he's going to sit there quietly. The last thing he wants you to do is have a breakthrough in your life. The last thing he wants you to do is to feel his Holy Spirit. The last thing he wants you to do is to get rid of the trash that he has accumulated in your life. But God says, if you will just go after me, go after me hard, go after me with everything you have. Hold on and say, God, you know what? I'm not letting go until what? You bless me. God is going to reward you publicly in ways that he will set a table before you. You know, in that scripture with Esau and Jacob, I find it how interesting it is that when Esau came and he found Jacob, he wanted to kill him. He did. That was the intent. He was going after Jacob to kill him. But it's crazy how Jacob would not let go until God blessed. And when Jacob woke up the next morning, the angel of the Lord said, blessings will be upon your life. Favor will be on your life. So when Esau found Jacob, his intent was to kill him. But if you read in the scriptures there in Genesis 32, it says that he embraced his brother and he laid his head on his shoulder and wept. Now, here's where it gets a little confusing. Many people will say, and they will look at Esau, and they will go, wow, what a great character he is showing there. But it wasn't Esau's doing. It was the favor of God that was on Jacob. Why? Because he would not let go until God blessed him. So we're going to enter into a time of fasting. You've got two more Sundays to go. And then it starts. I want you to become prayerful. God, show me what you, you're wanting to do in my life. Show me the direction, God, of, of what I need to go into. You know, be thinking in your life of what are the things you want to see God to do. Hopefully your children to be saved, your spouse to be saved. Hopefully for you to grow spiritually in your relationship with God. Hopefully to bless you on your job and, and, and different things like that. And, and, and people will say, you know, that's so carnal. That's okay. You can ask of those things. God will grant, believe me. But also I'm hoping that you're praying for your church. God, open the windows of heaven for this church, this body, to flow blessings on it. God, may we win souls for your kingdom. Enrich us with your power and your majesty. I believe that God is going to do this. I believe what we're about to enter into is crucial for this church, is crucial for your own spiritual well-being in your life. Stay with me this morning. We're good.
My prayer today, obviously, is that all of us in this room, that we're serving God, we're serving Jesus with all of our hearts, our minds. If you're not and you want to make that decision today, I'm inviting you to do so. Please make sure before you leave here, you see me. I want to pray with you. I want to make sure that you get in that right relationship with God. But here for a moment, what I want to do is I want us corporately to pray. Pray that God prepare us for what we're about to get into. Prepare us for the season that we're about to get into. You know what? It comes to the spot, God changed my way of thinking. This isn't something dumb that Pastor Kevin is just bringing to us. This is something that's going to bring growth. This is something that's going to bring substance. This is something that's going to be meaningful for our lives, for our church. Father, I love you so much. And I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, for for speaking to us through your word and and, and how, God, we are being challenged right now through your spirit, Father. Your your word even says that in in Matthew chapter 4, or excuse me, chapter 3, before Jesus went on to, to, to go into his fast, that the spirit led him into the wilderness. Father, I believe that you're leading us into this time of fasting because there's a purpose behind it. The purpose, Lord, is not for us to fail, but the purpose, Father, is for us to be full of your spirit and to result into victory, God. So for all of us in this room this morning, I'm praying that you would challenge us. Father, Lord, that you would challenge us in a matter, God, that we would take this as a a holy moment, Father. A time, God, that we are going to grow in you. That you're going to show yourself of how mighty and majestic and powerful, God, you truly are. God, that you're going to bring answers to people's lives that they've been praying for possibly decades and generations have been praying about. God, that you will bring answers because of this fast, this sacrifice. I'm believing, Father, Lord, that you're going to open up the windows of heaven upon this church. That as a body, we're going to flourish because of this fast. That, Lord, you have been waiting and waiting and waiting to do, but you've been waiting on us to show ourselves, God, that we are serious about wanting a move of your Holy Spirit. As the pastor of this church, Lord, I can't help but say forgive us for our lack in the past. Forgive us for our laziness and our procrastination. Forgive us, Father, for for casting you off. But Father God, see our heart right now. See our heart, Father, and show favor upon us as a body. God, that we need you, Lord. We need your spirit so strong. God, there's things that you're wanting to do in people's lives. That you're wanting to bless them with, God. And they've been called to a fast many times before, maybe, and they've just ignored it. May this be a time, God, where they open their hearts and say, Lord, I am not letting go until you bless me. This morning, God, as a pastor of this church, I'm saying we are not letting go until you will bless us. So, Father, we love you. Regardless of what people might say, regardless of how we might feel, regardless of the temptation that may come upon us to give in and to give up, we're going to stay strong, Father. We're going to stay humble, full of humility, but full of boldness, knowing, God, that you will overcome and that you have great things in store. So, God, we love you and we praise you.
Father, as we leave this place, may this be our prayer. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you uh, Wednesday. Bring a friend.